0: Uh, we're an interactive church, and uh, we, we know that having a presentation is okay, but having a conversation is way better. And so, what we have before us today is uh, we have three dads that want to have a conversation. So, when they are speaking, um, we we think it's okay in church to say to talk back to the to the guy preaching a little bit, the gal preaching, whoever's preaching. It's okay to talk back a little bit. And so, I'm just going to warm you up a <clears throat> just just for a minute if that's all right. So if you hear somebody read the Bible, how many know the Bible is not just good, it's God's word for your life? So when you hear somebody read a verse from the Bible, it's not just like, hmm, that's good. Because your face in that moment looks like you're smelling cheese. Don't have the cheese smelling face. Have the God just spoke face, which is, wow, amen. You know what amen means? So be it. It means I'll have some of that. It means signing on the contract of what God has already done, accomplished, and offered, and all you got to do is sign on the dotted line to have a little bit of what he's provided for you. That's your amen. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So if you want to get a so out there today or an amen or a preach it or a uh uh-huh, Whatever you got inside of you, uh, will be good with it, but it helps preachers preach because you draw out of them what they didn't even know what was in them. If you don't believe that, read the New Testament and Jesus and how he ministered to people. It's amazing what can happen if you and I activate our faith and reach out and grab something today, and I think God's got something great for us. So a lineup of three speakers, are you ready to amen? Our first speaker is somebody that I have known literally since he was about 11 years old, 12 years old. I've known him almost his entire life. I've watched him grow up in the church. A son of the house, find his wife, have a child. He's a de- he's a new dad, representing the new dad demographic today. He's also our youth pastor and church administrator. Will you welcome with me, Joey Olmo? All
1: right. Good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Awesome. I want to say thank you to our pastors, Michael and Heather, for believing in me for this opportunity, um, but just really just for believing in our community. Thank you guys for leading so strongly, so boldly, and changing my life and changing our community. I want to give a special shout out. Happy Father's Day, Pastor Michael, the father of the house. Awesome. Thank you for being. I've seen, I, as he said, I'm part of the youth team, and I've gotten to see his sons grow into young men of God that love Jesus. And um, I think you play a pretty big part of that. So thank you. Happy Father's Day. And happy Father's Day to all the fathers out here. I uh, hope you are eating your cupcake as I speak. I will uh, I will watch you drop crumbs all over the carpet in the Lord's house. All right. I love being a dad. I love being a dad. And uh, as Pastor Michael said, I'm a new father of a baby girl. Her name is Eliana Jewell. I have pictures. Pictures. This is my baby girl. All right. Can we put it on the side screens? Because... 'Cause this doesn't do any justice. Just uh hit the first button. The first button. Yeah. Alright, there we go. There's my little girl. It's my baby girl, Eliana Jewell. And uh and she's three and a half months years three and a half months old, not years old. And uh she's the joy of my life. And uh I love being a dad. I've always wanted to be a dad growing up and uh i I just love it. I just love um, just just waking up in the morning and uh, unswaddling her, and she just has this big, giant smile, as you saw there. I love her puffy cheeks, the best cheeks in the United States of America. Belong to my baby girl Eliana, and I love her for that. Um, so being a father has really taught me a lot of things, and um, we have a few minutes here, but I want to share some of those things that I believe that that we can learn a little bit about the love of the father by being a father, or really by just uh, by leading the way that God has called us to lead. And so, um, can I, I if, if I have permission, I just want to share with you one, two, or maybe three points on what God has taught me to draw close to God. Do I have your permission? Awesome. All right, let's read the word. Let's jump right in to Jeremiah 29 and verse 12. It says, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me and want it more than anything else, I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree. Lord, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that it changes us. I pray that you help us to draw closer to you today. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, like I said, I love being a dad, and, um, and, and I get to preach at Citizen Youth quite frequently, and it's gotten to the point that all my stories are about my baby girl, Eliana, and it's gotten to the point that when I preach, our students are counting how many times I say her name, Last Sunday was 27. Um I'm going to try not to beat that today. I want I want that record just to, to hold there. But but she's taught me so much about about life, about being a father. And one of the things that I've learned as a father is that when you are trying to soothe a an unsettled baby, a whiny baby, a crying baby, you want to replicate her womb experience. The experience that she had inside the belly. Um I'm I'm am te- I'm saying all this and I've I've just learned this in recent years, so if I'm wrong, uh I don't know just tell on me with Pastor Michael, um, but uh, but so for what, we, what you want to do to calm down a disgruntled baby is you want to replicate some of the things that she experienced or he experienced in the womb. So for example, one of the things we have is we have a mobile white noise machine, and it's been a lifesaver. We carry it with us everywhere we go, and what it does, it just makes white noise, shh, because it, and it replicates the noise that, that she heard for nine months in the womb. And so it brings her peace. It calms her down. Another thing you do is, uh, is you swaddle a baby and you just kind of grab their arms and you put on a straight jacket so they can't move. And, and, and it just calms them down because it replicates that moment when they were in the womb and everything was just so tight and cozy. And it's crazy, but it calms her down. And what I, what I really just learned and what I just took from that is that in the same way that, that we are, that a baby wants to replicate the womb experience or go back to the experience that brought our comfort, that I believe that we are called to go back to that experience that we were created for. In the beginning in the garden of Adam and Eve, we were called to be close to God. So that's what I want to talk about today and how we can get close to our Father, the Father that created us. In John, so I'm, I'm going to share those quick points. The first one is, one, hear his voice. In John 10, 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So we're talking, how do we get closer to God? We hear his voice. So I remember the moment that our baby girl was born on February 28th at 8.47 p.m., actually 8.42 my wife's not here, so she can't verify. Don't tell her I got it wrong. 8:42 p.m. She came out, and I just remember that moment because we were just listening for that cry, and she was crying. And they moved her over to the observation table. They cleaned her up, and they allowed me to walk over. And I just started to talk to her. And what I rec- rec- what I realized in that moment was was incredible because in that moment she was you know she was crying. She just came out of darkness and into light. There's all this light. There's so many people, so many voices, a lot of chaos going on. And so she was crying, of course, but then she recognized the voice and it was the voice of her father. And in that moment, she saw she, she had peace. In that moment, she calmed down. The cry stopped and she just turned towards me. She couldn't see me, but she, she could hear something that she had recognized. And it's because I spent moments reading her books and singing her songs in that belly. And she recognized the voice of the father. I believe that we're called to know the voice of the Father. See the the thing that changed that that circumstance wasn't that she heard my voice, because she heard a lot of voices, but she heard a voice that she recognized. I believe that God is calling us to recognize his voice in the midst of chaos, and the way we can do that is by really having that communication, and that's his word, allowing his word to change us, to impart in us, to to, to spend time in prayer speaking to our God, and when we really devote ourselves to that, our lives can be transformed, and they can mold us but sometimes it just takes stopping to be still and allow him to speak, allow him to change us. The incredible thing about us trying to be close to God is, and it's not, really, it's not really a pursuit because God is already there. He's never been far. He's already there. But we just have to call on him. Even as we read in Jeremiah twenty-nine twelve, it says, when you call on me, I'll listen. When you come and pray, I'll listen. You will find me. And that's an incredible word. I just want to pray. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can draw close to you. I thank you that you love us and that you're for us. I pray that you transform each each and every day. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I want to introduce our next speaker an incredible father, Jason Slider.
2: Man, Joey Omo, everybody. Joey Omo, bringing it. I think he's a, a better dad than I was when my kids were young. My method was close the door, close our door, put our head under the pillow. And it was great. Um, but I think we have the best church in the world, which means we have the best pastors in the world. And in so facto, we have the best dads, fathers, and future fathers in the world, right? Come on. Give it up for every man in the room today that's a father, will be a father, could be a father, is a father in the spirit. It's amazing. It's amazing. But we were not as good as Joey when Joey, like he read books. We read one book. We got our kids to sleep through the night at seven weeks and we were happy. We were like, that's it, you know? And so, um, so Joey, you know, swaddled and peaceful and white noise. And I have the obligatory Father's Day pick, but this is the chaos that bedtime was for us somewhere, maybe. It's really cute. I promise there's Zachary in it. And Jonathan, if you don't know Zachary, he's the one running around with the camera all the time. Yeah. Jonathan is always helping on Coffee Bar. So, well, if the picture comes up, it comes up. If not, we'll move on. But, so I'm talking about things a little later in life. Like, that was an awesome message from Joey. You know, that, that voice of the father when the, when the baby's fresh born. And, and, and it really is true. But at some point in life, your kids grow up. They get minds of their own. Oh, there it is. So, Jonathan had a record 13 spankings in one night, right around this time, because they shared a room and he figured out how to climb out of his cage. I mean, bed. (laughs) Sorry. It was a bed. There was a pillow and a blanket, but that's how he would sleep. It was, it was awesome. It melted my heart, actually. Um, so later on in life, I think our, our roles change as we evolve as parents. Our, our roles start changing, and our responsibilities start changing. And I always think that when you speak from where you're at in your life, that's the best place to speak from. If you're going through a hard time, what does God say in the hard time? Speak from that. If you're going through, like, an amazingly good time, speak from that. You don't have to make up a bad time. Like, we could be okay being great. Like, it's okay if our life is great. We, however, are going through a not so great situation, and it's not bad. It's fantastic because we've heard God speak to us on one hand, but there's other times where we're like, we weren't sure, and we're waiting for God to come through. So, and we're, we're, you know, we made the decision we're staying. I don't know how many know our story, and then Danielle is amazing, but looking for a job, and we're waiting for God to come through. And so through that, there's a lot of doubt, right? And I was listening to an Andy Mineo song, and there was a line in there that said, um, and I'll probably butcher it a little bit, but The opposite of faith ain't doubt. It's thinking you got it all figured out. And that, that's been like running through my head a lot. And I remember, I think we were having lunch with Pastor Michael and Heather. And, you know, they just kind of asked how, how my head was through this whole job search process. And I, I remember saying, I think, I think my role is really just to keep everybody looking at a place of faith. Not looking right at the circumstance or the hards or the trials, but, but whatever God does, wherever we move to, what if we move, that it's going to be great and it's going to be a place of faith. And I feel like that was my role at the time, unless I felt like there's some major warning signs, like this is a very bad decision, that that was it. But the rest is, I, I can't tell her what's a good science job for her. I don't know. I don't know dopamine and you know, twitching if it's not right or whatever, you know. So, see, I'm not even smart like Danielle. So, but, but I, can, I can constantly lift our eyes toward a place of faith. And so, as we're thinking about, like, heroes and stuff, I think about who are some cool heroes in the Bible. And there are lots. And all that came back to my head over and over and over again was Joshua. I don't know if you're familiar with the story of, of Joshua and Caleb, but in the Old Testament... Um, the Israelites had come out of Egypt. They had all these miracles and all this stuff, and then they're coming up on the promised land. And Moses says, I'm going to send some people out. So they send out 12 spies, and they go out, and they explore the land for 42 days. And I think I have that scripture down. In Numbers 13, one said, the Lord said to Moses, send out men to explore the land of Canaan, the land that I'm giving the Israelites. Send one leader from each of the 12 ancestral tribes. So they did that. Spent 40 days looking around, saw that it was pretty awesome. And, you know, I don't know if you know the story, but they had a bundle of grapes so big that it took two men and a stick to carry them back. Like, that's some massive grapes, right? The land was flowing with milk and honey. I don't know if that meant there were a lot of cows and bees or if it meant something different. Um, But apparently it was good back in the day to have milk and honey flowing everywhere. So it's a good thing. The other 10 came back with this report. From Numbers 13, 31 through 33. But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. Oh yeah. And Joshua and Caleb said, we can, we can crush this. Let's take it. They are stronger than we are. So they spread his bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. And all the people we saw were huge. When we even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak, Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they fought, or that's what they thought too. And I have a bunch more scriptures, but I, we'll just get to the point: is that murmuring spread through the, the, the camp and through the Israelites? That that bad report, that seeing the negative, spread to the point where everybody else is like, "Why did you bring us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? You should have stayed there; at least we could have died slaves and fed, or whatever." But That wasn't what God's plan was. But Caleb and Joshua saw something beyond that. They saw the challenge and the obstacles, but they saw beyond that to the blessing and the promises that God had. And I think as men and as leaders and as fathers and as fathers in a house, and if you have somebody that looks up to you, and this really applies to everybody, but we're encouraging our men today. It's Father's Day, right? But as men... When we step into that place and we look at the obstacles and we see those as opportunities for God's glory, and we look past that to the blessings that God has set before us and realize this is for God's glory or the obstacles, but the blessing is for me because God's a good dad. God wants to give us things that are good. God wants to give us blessings, but we have to go through his victory first to get to those. So go through the victory, look up past that, and go. And because of this, Joshua went 12 and 1. In his battles, like if any of our sports teams, or if few played sports can go 12 and one, that 's a good record, and they did get revenge in the rematch, the very next battle after they lost. So look past the obstacles, which are opportunities for victory, and look forward to our blessings. Amen. All right, so I get the pleasure of introducing one of my three favorite keyboard players in the world. Ben and Caleb Culver are the other two, by the way. mr daryl dudley 's amazing father got an incredible heart for people and fathers. And it's an amazing encouragement. So, Daryl Dudley.
3: I hear we need to dismiss the kids down to Children's Church. But let's just take a moment just to celebrate all the amazing fathers here in the building today. Come on, give it up for all the amazing fathers. I've got to say we as people have to do a lot better as we celebrate fathers. I was in the mall this week and the Father's Day gifts were already on clearance. I'm like, oh my goodness, are we not buying anything for the fathers? I just like to celebrate every wonderful father here. We have some amazing fathers here at Citizen Heights. And if you're a young man, you have a lot to look up to. But I want to really celebrate the most amazing father who's our leader in this house today, Pastor Michael Jerome. Come on, put your hands together for him. The greatest promise that was ever delivered came from the greatest promise keeper who was ever on the earth. That was God himself. He commanded Paul to write this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 5. He says these powerful words. I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. That's profound enough that we ought to say that together. Come on. I will never leave you nor forsake you just to give you a little context think about this we go to the arenas to see basketball games and football games and hockey games but back in that day when the people of the way they were called the disciples of Christ they were dragged into the arenas Wild animals were sicked on them to be mauled and to be killed. Can you imagine living in that day and time? It would be great and necessary for a father, their leader, to give words of affirmation, words of protection, words of encouragement so that they could get through those trials and tribulations. About 28 years ago in one month, I had the amazing opportunity to enter into fatherhood. I got the call on my prehistoric cell phone called a beeper. (laughs) Those who laugh are probably old. (laughs) And so we got in our Chevrolet Chevette, drove up the beltway to go to Holy Cross Hospital where my son Daryl II was born. We weren't creative, we couldn't come up with another name. So as we got into the hospital there, they had a really nice room prepared for us there. So we got in there and as my contractions were getting smaller and closer together, they gave my wife Gidget some crushed ice and they gave me an epidural. (laughs) But I'll have to report to you and you'd be a real proud that I took it like a man. (laughs) And so I was prepared. I had my catcher's mitt ready to catch whatever came out or at least i thought i thought it would come out really clean like they see in disney movies but i promise you this what came out i saw but and i cannot unsee what i saw <laughs> future fathers understand this that you have to be a part of the birthing experience no ifs ands or buts the experience is amazing the visual not so much I have to admit, I'm real queasy. I don't like blood a lot. So I just went up to my wife, held her hand, gave her encouraging words, and every now and then I would peek over to make sure the doctors were doing the right thing, as if I knew. And so here he comes out, Daryl II. Immediately, our eyes locked. But even more so, our hearts locked. And from that point on, my world shifted, and I promised him, that through good times, I'll be there. Through bad times, I will always be there. I don't care what happens to you. I promise, I sat through so many baseball games in a hundred degree weather. If you look on my birth certificate, it says I'm actually Caucasian. (laughs) Through all of the good times, through all the bad times, I was there for my son. Not in the way our father could be, but in the best way that I could be. My son had this little thing uh, when he was one and a half years old. He would walk up to me and in a random, weird way, he would poke me. And in his one-year-old broken English, he would ask the question, hurt daddy? No, I'm good, I'm good. He would poke me again just at random times and random places. Hurt daddy? No, I'm good. I'm a G. (laughs) Hurt daddy? No, I'm good. But then one time he began to grow these fingernails. And he came when I was watching the baseball game and stabbed me right in the neck. And he looked at me. He said, hurt? I said, yeah, I'm hurt. What is wrong with you? Understanding this, that in the moment he disturbed the moment, but he did not disintegrate the relationship. Let me say that again. The moment was disturbed, but the relationship was kept intact because I made an agreement, a covenant with him when he was born, that I would be there through all times. My brothers and my sisters today, I want you to leave with one thing that our God promised something way back then that still stands. When he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you, he says this, I am an ever-present help in the time of trouble. So whatever you're going through, no, God is still there with you. In the good times, he's the first one on the sideline giving you an a boy or an a girl. In times where it feels like you haven't moved at all, you're just going through the drudgery of life. He is still there saying, I will never, ever leave you. I can still direct and guide your steps. And this is the goodest part of it all. He says this, when times get rough, when times get bad, I will still be there with you. And if it couldn't get any gooder than that, watch this. Even when you messed up, even when you've caused the problem, even when you did the thing, even when you did a hurt daddy, his promise is still yet true. I'll never leave you nor forsake you.
0: Praise God. That's a visual, Daryl. You know, we got great dads in our church. And here's, here's the thing that's really, uh, on Father's Day, we understand that we didn't all have great dads. Some of us didn't have any dad. You don't have a, a point to connect this to. But as we close today, I want to, if I can, in just a moment, tie you to a very powerful concept in the Bible. You just heard from three great dads getting close to God, believing God, staying in, in that place of faith and trusting Him. And, but if you don't have any context, I want to introduce you to a topic in the Bible. Uh, it's a powerful topic. It's the topic of adoption. Adoption's a powerful theme in the Bible. Uh, it, it literally means legally taking another's uh, child in a, in a legal sense and bringing them up as your own. To take another person's child who's not able to care, not willing to care for whatever reason, and then raising them not as a benefactor, but as a son or a daughter. That's a powerful concept. Because in the Bible, when it talks about adoption, it's not talking about the natural correlation that we, we all know somebody who's been powerfully impacted by adoption but but think about this in spiritual terms being brought up as God's own being brought up as if you were God's own there's something powerful about connecting to that deep truth of the fatherhood of God we know God is king we know Uh, we we see him as Lord and creator. We see him as the the one who constructs the the moral boundaries of the universe and and put into motion the laws of physics and and thermodynamics. And we see all these roles that a God without limit and without reservation, the, the things he can do, but yet to know him as Father, to connect to him as the one who says, I want to treat you like you're my own. I want to raise you like you're my own. See, it's not just a powerful powerful topic. It's a personal topic for me. Many of you know I didn't know my natural father, so I didn't have that connection to a birth father. I didn't have the natural father. But I remember when my mom brought home a guy and introduced him. It's very foreign. It's very unusual. It messes with your concept of father. Will this guy stay? Will this guy last? Will he stick around? Is he a good guy? And as we got to know, and we said, this is a good guy. Good job, mom. And it wasn't enough for him just to be the stepdad. He, he hated that concept. So he said, one day he took us aside. He said, I want to become your dad, dad. I want to adopt you. Well, what's that mean? I remember being seven. I don't know what that means. He goes, I want to give you my name and raise you as my own. See, if you knew who I was apart from this intervention of fatherhood, you would know somebody totally different than the person that stands in front of you today. We can all say, but by the grace of God. But I can say, but by the grace of God that he gave me through an adopted father. This guy had a car. I was like, Mom, well done. (laughs) We got a car? Not like a great car, just a car. That was impressive to me. This guy has got some things. He's got a job. He's got time for me. And at least right now, it appears that he has an interest in getting to know me. These were all things that were so foreign to me. So if you had asked me, what's a father do? I wouldn't have been able to tell you. But I remember the day he said, I want to raise you as my own and give you my name. I remember the day the papers were signed. I remember the day I walked into school and they called me by my name. And I, and I got up and I went to the teacher and said, you can't call me Michael Hill anymore. My new name is Michael Jarreau. It's not just a name. It wasn't just a car. It wasn't just a job. It just wasn't stability. There's something in the fatherhood of God that gives you that nothing else in this world can give you. And if you missed out on it, here's the good news. The deal's still on because there's a father in heaven who wants to raise you like you're his own. Like his own. I want to just share one verse with you. I, I doubt we can put it up on the screen today. <laughs> I won't even try to put our poor team through it. Second Corinthians 6.18 And I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters. Says the Lord Almighty. Said, I'll be a father to you. But you know what? I watched my siblings, as, my, as our stepfather became our adopted father, I watched them wrestle. I was young, so there was something about me that was open to the idea of receiving a dad, but I watched my older brother, six years older, and my older sister, three years older. I watched them struggle with the dynamic. See, you can have a dad wanting to be a dad. He can even offer you the name and all the benefits associated with it. But fatherhood is not complete without the reception of a a son or a daughter. To say I'm a son, to say I'm a daughter. See, a lot of people grow up in church, but some people become sons and daughters of the house. Those are the people who say, I'm a son of the house. A lot of people go to church and have the name. But do you have the connection with the father? It's so much better. I'll read one last verse. We'll close. Romans 8 says, The Spirit you received brought about your adoption. And by this adoption we cry, Abba, Father. And the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we're his children, then we're his heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Get more than the nomenclature. Get more than the Sunday association. Get something so much deeper. Heirs of Christ, with Christ. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. Through adoption. It's a spiritual work that happens in your heart. So really, when we talk about honoring fathers today, we start with honoring the Father, our Heavenly Father, our Father God. I want to just help you with that in a moment here. Just close your eyes. I don't know what you missed out in the natural. I don't know how good it was. I don't know how bad it was. But I know. He's, Psalm 68 says he takes the lonely into families and becomes their father. Maybe that's for you today. You say, I, I feel disconnected. Joey's singular point was so powerful. Get closer to God. Get back to that place. It might be a place you've never known, but it was a place you were created for. Right now, I'm just going to give you an opportunity. You're here today and you say, I need that connection with my Father. How does this adoption happen? You know, it's not the filing of paperwork. It doesn't happen in, it, through church credentials or attendance. It happens a decision right here, right now in your heart to say, God, I'm going to be your son. I'm going to be your daughter. I, I, I know you've offered to be my father, but I need to receive that offer. And you do that very simply by saying yes to Jesus. The Bible says that we've all fallen. We're all sinful. We're all separated from God because of our own sin. But it says that Jesus came. And paid the price and the punishment of our sin so that we could go free. And not just go free on our own and be our own and do our own thing, but be free to be sons and daughters of the Most High God. Be free and and have a relationship with the Father through Christ, His Son. Through that finished work on the cross. I'm going to count to three when I hit three. I'm just going to invite you to lift your hand. By lifting your hand, you're not committing to this church, and you're not, uh, we're not going to stand you up or call any attention to you, but you're raising your hand to say, Jesus, here I am. I believe in you. Father, here I am, your wayward son and daughter. I'm the prodigal coming home today. It might be the first time you ever make this commitment. It might be a recommitment, because you know in your heart of hearts, you're not where you should be. Are you ready? One, don't wait. Today is a day. Two, it's Father's Day, and we'll celebrate our natural fathers. But what about your spiritual father? A fresh start with him. Are you ready? One, two, three, hands up in there. Say, yeah, that's me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you. Anybody else say, yeah, that's me, include me in that prayer. I'm going to pray a general prayer over us and get us on our way. But don't leave here today without taking God up on his offer. I want to raise you as my own. You might not understand all the dynamics and details of that arrangement. The Bible gives us enough in this moment to say he's the father of the fatherless. He's a good and faithful father, and he can bring healing to your heart for all the things that were or weren't done by your natural father. Come on, that's your heavenly father. Does anybody else say, yeah, include me in that prayer? Praise God. Praise God. Church, let's pray right now, nice and loud, all together. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I give you my life because you first gave me yours. I love you, Jesus, because you first loved me. So I invite you, be my father, be my foundation, direct my steps, lead me, and guide me in life. I surrender to you. Now say this boldly, I am a Christian. By grace, I've been saved, not by works, but by Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can you celebrate with those who just prayed that prayer? Ma'am.